as we stated, the, the hotel is not part of the venue, but it's a walk. It's walking distance, it's like right? Two, two blocks away, I think it says. Um, so just out, just outside of walking distance. <laughs> <laughs> You are listening to episode 141 of the internationally famous PHP Ugly Podcast. I am not being distracted by a lot of chat going on in Discord right now. Liar. But I am your host, Eric Van Johnson. With me, as always, my partners in, partners in crime, some will call my two amigos, except I can't get them to wear the funny hats. John Condon. I will always wear a funny hat for you. Yeah, I never said no to a funny hat. And Thomas Rideout. <laughs> it's you just you just won't ship them out. You keep them all to yourself. I do. I I am horrible at actually shipping stuff out. I'm horrible at shipping apparently as as, as a developer in general, <laughs> which is not not a good thing to be. I want to point out. He's he's got no squirrels behind him. <laughs> How is everybody? We, we, we took a week off uh, last week to to help save our marriages. Um, oh, it was last we week no that Valentine we did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. was, I was forced to take the week off or do a one-man show. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Which you did anyway, so it kind of works out. That's true. I did. I did publish yeah. my, uh, my doom and gloom. Yeah, we had all sorts of uh, going on in Patreon this week, but Thomas started us off uh, strong with his first Doom and Gloom post, which was cool. I don't know about strong. It was. Yeah. I, I need to. I need to up my formatting quality there quite a bit. It's a process. It's fine. Did you did you get all the all your the big question is did you get all your doom and gloom out of your system? Oh no, of course not. No, very important to oh, still have good. a good amount left over. <laughs> that's good. Save save a little bit for us. We appreciate that. Yeah. He scours the internet for the worst doom and gloom. What are you talking about? <laughs> the never ending supply of that stuff. You had a suggestion though for me for me changing the name, Eric. You liked uh the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I did suggest that. Are you gonna Are you gonna take my advice on that one? I think I might. We'll see. I might change it to the ugly, the bad, and the good. Yeah, yeah. A little play on words there. I like it. I like it. Did you see what I posted later in the week? I did. Matter of fact, I think I posted yesterday. Yeah. You and your You and your fancy technology. Yeah, so yeah, I should. Uh, I think I can. Are we not allowed to say it? Because I feel like you guys are dancing around something, and I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, well, I posted a little tour of the office oh, to that. our patrons. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was just, I was going to try to, I was going to try to pull up a, the link so that I could put it in the YouTube channel. But um, where did I do? oh I sent that link to you, didn't I, John? You did. Let me see. I did. Here we go. Here it is. Boom. Uh, so if I come over here and let's do this real quick. It's mostly just Eric playing arcade games. 
<laughs> it's actually Eric after after he had a few drinks, uh, you know, goofing off. And um, you can tell near the end of it when he's slurring and stumbling down the hallway. <laughs> that was a stumbling. It was weird to end it with his arrest, though. That was. <laughs> so so yeah, we, we posted a little little me playing our 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 arcade game in a little. 360 video so you can spin around you can either you can watch me play you can you can watch my reaction whatever you want to do and then uh, a little later in the video i just decide oh, you know let's let's go on a little tour of the office and uh so it's kind of cool i mean i, I you know, you're like here let's again, look at our mess video let's let's look at let's look at our non-conference room which it's under construction. <laughs> under construction, yeah. <laughs> but it's cool, man. I, I think I'm going to try to make another one that's actually a little bit better thought out. But I don't know. It was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. So, so yeah, if, if you're on Patreon, you, you will have a... Uh, right, right now, I'm, uh, right now I'm actually more fascinated by your list of recommended videos on the right-hand side. Oh no! How, how how to blow out your sideswept bangs? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that's about. Oh my! You goodness. know my scenes aren't my scenes aren't changing either for some odd reason, or maybe they are actually. I'm, I forgot I'm not on OBS. Boom! Is that changing? Ah, that is changing. Yeah. Well, you know, bangs are are you know you you you've just got to appreciate your bangs, uh, John, if you don't, and uh, take some time to, uh, you know, to make sure they look good. So don't don't judge me. Don't judge me. It, it was a fun list. <laughs> so what else? Yeah, that was fun. What else, you guys, got going on this week? Man, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm still trying to catch up from last week. Did we talk about our last meetup? We uh, did. Where I, I I did the two-hour nonstop rambling. Oh no, Blairville? we. No, we did not because we didn't. We weren't here last we, week. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember if we spoke about that or not. I mean, I did a I did a meetup. The last SDPHP meetup we had was the intro to Laravelle, and I probably talked for two hours straight just non-stop rambling of walking you know walking people through the you know an intro to laravel and of course he does I it all, what, he I, does it all live code which never goes well in a in a meetup i don't see why not yeah 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 my tinker my tinker broke which was weird because the 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 thing about it was i was actually developing the presentation on that laptop and all of a sudden my tinker stopped working which is the laravel uh, inter interactive command line and i couldn't figure it out and somebody had suggested they're like well maybe what what version of php are you on and i looked down it's on 7.3 and they're like oh i think there is an issue with 7.3 uh maybe go to another version and i have multiple versions on my laptop which i could have done fairly fairly simply but you know, me being the, the knucklehead I am, I'm like, no, 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 that's not it. Yeah, I've been I've been developing this on this laptop all week long. It's not that. 
I'm an expert. I know better than that. (laughs) Exactly. Couldn't figure out what it was. Um, Yeah, I ended up falling back to, you know, uh, a branch uh, of code or a code repo where where I had already done everything. Um, And then, you know, finishing up my presentation that way. But, uh, of course, you know, it bugged me. So the next day I, I get back to the office and I'm like, well, what the hell happened? And I'm like, all right, well, let me go ahead and change the, the version to 7.2. And, of course, I do that and everything works. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and what made it worse is the person who had suggested it was a Diego Dev person. who. So I, you know, I had to swallow my pride. And I was like, yeah, you know, you were right. That was a good, good suggestion. I still don't know why it had worked all week long leading up to the leading up to the talk but uh, whatever reason it stopped working well, it's that, more that embarrassing night. this way and he said that there was actually a known version with uh, there was a known issue with Tinker and 7.3 and I should have looked that up and I haven't um, so I, I still don't know exactly why it wasn't working but I guess there's a documented issue with that so oh. yeah Hey, did you ever tweet this episode out? Oh, there it is. Look at me being a professional yeah, and doing yeah. this while we're talking. Doing it live! That's you can grab yourself a bag of Doritos and start eating on mic, too. Why would I do that? Just up your professional level. Hmm. Or play with magnets. Do you have magnets you can play with? Probably somewhere. You say that like I've opened a bag of Doritos and eaten them on mic already, or in the past. I don't think he's ever done that, have you? I don't, I don't think, think it's Doritos. So. It sounds like something I would do. I would eat Doritos online. No, you would eat Funyuns. You're a Funyuns man, I can tell. <laughs> Thomas, you're missing out on all the fun. You see, I you am. I'm really bummed. San Diego, and apparently the entire state of california now is no longer in a drought because it is still raining i think i've been saying this the last couple shows we had we skipped last week and even still today it's raining it it's been raining consistently for the past month where it rains and rains significantly at least once every two to three days i saw you guys got some hail in san diego today We had it in our in it's our backyard. Been... My wife took pictures. It looks like snow on on the slide and on our patio. It was crazy. It's insane. And like I said, I I don't know when the last time San um well yeah San Diego but California the the entire state in general has been without drought. But you know, it's been something like John twenty years. I don't years. have to shower together anymore. You don't Probably have get that. to. Just walked all over that one. <laughs> Get that reprise now. Yeah, trying to conserve water. Kind of disappointing. It's always nice to share, though. <laughs> so you asked, you asked what was going on uh, today. I purchased my ticket to PHP Tech. Bought my airfare and hotel room, so I plan on being there in May. Dutch traveling. Yeah. I yeah. I also plan on being there. Really. <gasps> what? It's uh the the budget for my office was already allocated to Laracon and uh I made it clear that I was much more interested in PHP tech than Laracon. So, 
hopefully I will be uh, all squared away with going to PHP Tech soon. Are you guys going to have people going to Laracon? Uh, I believe there's a, a few people at my company that are going to be going there. Anybody I'm interested in? No. The, the big boss isn't going? Uh, big boss might be going, yeah. But that's that's the only we'll person see. he's I, talking about. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Why don't you know? There are a number of people at my company I would like to meet that I've never met. What the? <laughs> Thomas, sometimes you make no sense. A- actress, oh, actresses. So, so, so you're you're going to go to tech? That's pretty cool. That uh, the lineup for tech is impressive. It's Our, four tracks. Let's talk about that. It's four tracks. Yeah, and. It is it's, well. It's eight tracks, but four per day, right? Well, I guess is there is there a difference? I, I, well, the number eight keeps ringing out to me because I think there's eight separate tracks, but maybe it's three days. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is it, it is it is eight. There's well, let's cover the change. You want to do that? The, ch- the big change they yeah, made. Yeah, I, I was about to say, John and I were actually just talking about this today. We we did our PHP Architect podcast, and there was a nice long article uh, in this month's PHP Architect. So if uh, if you're interested in reading about it, go pick up this uh, latest issue of PHP Architect. Now that cross promotion hash, hashtag cross promotion. That also brings is, up is the fact that uh, it's not a thing anymore. You need to stop. Not a no, no, you, you, you can't just you can't just hashtag at the camera. It doesn't have that kind of recognition. <laughs> um, the I, I found out this week that I guess the Nomad PHP has like a monthly subscription now that includes a subscription to PHP Architect. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I just saw I just saw so something you... about that this week. But go on about uh, PHP Architect podcast. Yeah, well. Not necessarily the podcast, but PHP Tech changed where they didn't do a call for papers for this year. So it's the first time they've done that. And what they chose to do instead really? was a curated list of speakers. They came up with the basically eight tracks, eight ideas. So you have professional PHP, security, API, testing, advanced PHP, PHP internals, performance, and DevOps. And then they chose the a, a few chairs or a few people to kind of lead that track and I don't know if they're the only people speaking or if they then got to choose speakers within those tracks but it it, it seems pretty fascinating because it seems like they've got really good talent talented well, there's speakers. 20 there's 20 speakers listed right so I'm um, yeah, so they must have chosen additional speakers. The chairs are are not the only people speaking then. But I, I am so, real curious about the PHP internals track. Um, not for the whole track, but just some some pieces of it. Uh, uh, how PHP ticks under the hood uh, seems very interesting to me. 
Extending I, PHP I think, with preloading and FFI. I feel like is Sarah Goldman giving that that talk how PHP ticks? That doesn't matter. I I feel like yes, I, she I, is. And yeah. Sammy Powers. Yeah, I think I've seen them do that talk before. It's good. Yeah, so I'm excited about it. I'm happy to have my ticket the early bird. So if you're listening live, this will help you. Early bird ends tomorrow. If you're listening to this via audio later, sorry. Yeah, now there, there, <laughs> there is a second early bird. There's an advanced sale, which is still $200 less than full price. And but that advanced sale goes till March 31st. But it's two hundred dollars more than it is right now. <laughs> right, so it's a four hundred dollars savings if you buy it today. Tech is an expensive uh, conference. It's one of the ones that's been around the longest, and uh, All for One Events does a great job with it. PHP Architect and Eli, just a well-run event. Although I don't, I didn't go last year. This is the first year I know of where the event isn't being held at the same hotel that everyone's staying in. So that'll be different. Well, and, it, and every everyone's not necessarily staying in the same hotel, right? I mean, you, you just kind of pick your own hotel. Right, the venue right. is separate from a hotel. Right, so, I mean, they, they, they did negotiate a rate at a hotel. That's where uh, the organizers and the speakers are all staying for sure and i'm i'm sure i'm assuming most attendees will stay there as well it's a decent rate it's 160 a night i think um i'm sure you're not going to find much cheaper than that yeah and for the people who worry about things like i do it's uh it's about a 20 minute uber uh from the airport to the to the hotel venue or the, to the hotel that they recommend and it's uh it's a nice deal. I think I'm gonna get in and out of the whole thing for uh a two hundred and fifty dollar flight and then a thousand dollar for the ticket and then wow. five days. Wait, wait. The the PHP tech ticket is like a grand? Seven oh yeah. Seven fifty. <clears throat> it's seven ninety five right now. Tomorrow oh, it's gonna yeah. be yeah, tomorrow it's wow. going to be a thousand dollars. Wow, I didn't realize that it was that that expensive. Yeah, oh. I, if you look at the schedule, it makes sense. It's yeah, this is a well, dense I, hardcore. I, I, again, I, you know, we just announced that we weren't doing wave PHP um, uh, this year, but I mean that was one of the things. And looking at the numbers, you know, John and I were like. We're going to have to double, ideally triple, the price of the tickets if we really want to do this and not have to worry about sponsors and make sure we cover costs. And it's just like the the cost of these things, the cost of running these things are, is expensive. So, yeah, it doesn't doesn't surprise me. I, just, I hadn't realized tech had gotten up that high already. Well, yeah, and you're going to have to not do early bird sales until the day of the conference. Tech has always been an exp- one of the more expensive uh, conferences. Oh, has yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, but okay. but again, it's 
it's the most professionally run, been around the longest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then did the the other thing that changed, or maybe I misread this, but like the tracks aren't the tracks supposed to build on top of each other? Like it's it's they're they're separate they're separate talks, mm-hmm. but but they they're kind of like all related so there's like it makes sense to the to the flow yeah did i understand that yeah so if if you're interested in like the api track usually in a conference you you bounce around a ton and you still can hear but like the the very first day they have all the api talks back to back in the same room so you're basically learning apis as you go throughout the day Mm. so just a it's gonna be nice i mean I'm sure I'll still bounce around, but there's a yeah. That that's that's what I was about to say. That makes it a little harder to. I mean, I mean, maybe that's the point. The idea is you find the track you you're most interested in, and then you have a seat all day long to to look to listen to talks that would interest you. But but yeah, I don't I don't know that that, that makes it a little difficult to bounce around. I think to to go from one one talk to another talk. Yeah, but that that's also to me it it adds a lot to it. You know, mm-hmm. you if you're really wanting to get into testing, knowing that you're you're going to be able to probably do a much deeper dive going this way, and not, you know, wait, I saw a testing talk yesterday. I'm going to go to one today and maybe one tomorrow. Now it's fair. Um, fair. I, Especially if go- you look at the professional PHP track, which is it seems like it's targeted towards the contractor independent developer type person where you could, you Hmm. could stick on that whole track for the entire time and, and it would make sense to you. Yeah. I'm excited about it. It it makes sense for companies sending you to a conference and maybe they have multiple people and like, okay, I want you to go and learn APIs. That's all I want you to worry on. You're going to go learn testing. And then when you come back, you can point to different people and say, all right, now help, help our team with what you learned, you know? Yeah. And you get, you get all the videos with your ticket as well too. So even if you don't attend the track, you still get the videos for all the tracks. Cool. Yep. Well, that seems, like it's worth the money then yeah there you go there was a nice long uh php tech commercial (laughs) well (laughs) you guys can you guys can understand the value of that yeah yeah it's it's nice to be able to advertise for people doing good stuff and then then, as we stated the hotel is not part of the venue but it's a walk it's walking distance like two, two blocks away i think it says on there. So just out, just outside of walking distance. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's in the building next door. Oh, that's just outside. Do they have the bird scooters? Well, a, that, that'll be a really cheap Uber ride then. That's good. Yeah, we can we can split it. We can get a rideshare Uber. <laughs> oh man. I didn't. Right. I didn't bring this up uh, last time we talked, but my phone upgraded itself. 
All by itself? All by itself. That's awesome. And uh, I have 5GE on my phone now. Are you, are, GE. Are you in a 5GE zone? Like, it's not yes. widespread, yes, is it? Yes, because, because 5GE just means 4G. Oh, really? <laughs> is, that, so is that Edge? They just changed the little icon is all they did. That's literally edge, all they did it? is they spent a, a billion dollars marketing 5GE, uh, which is just 4G. And then when they got when AT&T was confronted about this, they basically laughed and said, yeah, but they'll still fall for it. <laughs> and I... When I saw the article, because this came with the Pi update for my S9 Plus. So I have Pi now, which it's taken a little bit of time to get used to. It's a bit better, but I wouldn't call it a full operating system version. Yeah, well, you see it a little differently, though, right? Because Samsung still puts their skin on it and... It puts their functionality in it, so it's not like um, like anybody who has a Pixel, the the update, you know, would have been cleaner. But there might not be so many things as evident for you. Yeah, it's so I got a, a few of the I guess the core features, and then uh, all of the default apps that I had spent a lot of time removing reinstalled themselves, and then uh, <laughs> awesome. And and yeah, that was about it. Uh, the the way that you open the app menu changed just slightly enough to be frustrating. Uh, it, 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 it gets you, is it the scroll up? Yeah, but it's not on the button anymore. I have a virtual home button, mm-hmm. and it used to be uh-huh. it used to be scroll up from the home button, but that now does nothing. You have to scroll up from anywhere but the home button. Really. Which seemed like a strange change to make. See, on the, on the just, pixel, you can go from the home button area. Yeah, now if I do that, it just yeah. go, it blinks at me and says, "What are you trying to do?" Big, what's what's the Samsung Assistant Bixby or something? Yeah, Ugh. Bixby doesn't kick in for you. No, I have an app that kills Bixby very much on purpose because it keeps trying <laughs> to introduce itself to me. Yeah, I had the the last Samsung phone I had. It, it was it was the same thing. It just it kept trying to force Bixby down your throat, no matter how much yeah. I told it. I didn't want it to use Bixby. It kept trying to force it down my Which, throat. Which it's annoying on the on the Samsung phones because they have a button that's just for Bixby, and I don't want it. Mm, and, and you can't remap it. You're not supposed you know, to. You're not was... supposed to remap it. Now, this is one of the big right. things about the 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 big announcement this week from Samsung, which is they've got a bunch of new phones coming out. But in their future phones, the Bixby button will be remappable. Mm. Uh, not sure why mm-hmm. that's not a firmware update that they're just pushing, but whatever. <laughs> But yeah, they announced the uh, the S10 and the Fold. The Fold. Have you have you actually seen the Fold yet? I I've seen the commercial, which is which is very vague. It just shows them opening the Fold, and it, it, it's like uh, that uh, Tarantino movie with uh, with the suitcase. Which one was that? 
Pulp Fiction. Fiction. It's like Pulp Fiction. Yeah. You see him open the fold, this bright light comes out. It's like, okay, what, what's there? What are they looking at? It's like, is, it, is that actually functional? Yeah, that's all I it's, saw. I thought it was a joke at first. It's cool. I've seen, I've seen a demo from this year's E3. Or, I'm sorry, this year's CES. And it, I mean, the folding stuff does work. But does it two thousand dollars work? Because that's how much well, this depends. phone is. I tell you, well, okay. So it depends on what you're getting with it. Because what I saw in the commercial, that's a pretty that's a pretty big screen real estate. If it's all one continuous screen, there, it's basically a tiny grand, tablet. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm saying. Like two grand. If if I was somebody who did a lot of traveling. Who wanted to be able to watch like a movie or something in a hotel room? Air quotes and, a you, movie you know, not, in the hotel room. But you've got a, not but have you've to got break at the laptop. A tablet. You, I mean, you, most people. Not most. Yeah. I, I, no, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I have no problem carrying my tablet around. But I, I, I guess if you figure you're spending eight hundred to a thousand on a phone and then another eight hundred to a thousand on a tablet, you're eight hundred to a thousand on a right. tablet. I yeah. if if you're getting the latest stuff, if you're getting a oh. kind of knockoff, you can get them for 150, 200 bucks. Yeah, yeah, 150 bucks. That thing you can just throw around in your backpack. That's all you need. What what high processing power stuff are you doing on your laptop or your tablet? Nothing. You're right. I mean, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. A cheap tablet is all you need for that kind of stuff. If you're just browsing a little no, bit, su- watching you're Netflix. To, you're supposed to argue with me. That's how this works. No, I, I agree <laughs> with you. You sh- you don't need a, a high-end tablet. I'm not doing business as much on it as I thought I might. So in the review you saw, uh, Thomas, was it just one big screen? Or what did it look like? Did they show you what it actually looked like? Yeah, so... The thing about this phone is it's actually three screens. Or, well, two two screens. Well, so the the folded-out version of it, the, the tablet-style version, is one screen that has a folding pivot in the middle. But if you fold it closed, it folds like a book where that screen's on the inside and there's an outer screen. And that outer screen okay, so, is the so phone with, mode. With the- yeah, I'm more interested with the with the pivot in the middle. Does it does it disappear when you open it up, or is it still like a obvious split? No, it's a screen? it's a single screen that folds. Uh, Samsung oh. has worked very hard on this technology, and it turns out that the issue isn't the folding of the screen. These screens are inherently very flexible. Um, the mm-hmm. issue is that the substrate that the thing is on isn't very flexible so they've spent a ton of money on that and that's where this technology is all coming out um and you'll see it you'll see the same screen on apple phones you know a year after this and that start going all over the market but the screen technology behind it is very interesting because it's not that complicated it's Mm -hmm. it's just a chemical process to get things to stick the right way and to make sure that when it folds, it doesn't fold in the way that creates a crease or a, a, a hard bend. It folds in a very limited curve 
that can't be too tight. Yeah. So th- that's the thing is like the geek in me, I I I, I want to see it. Like I I want to put it in my hands. I want to I want to feel it, see how it fits, the form factor, how heavy is it? Uh, because as an everyday phone, I mean that could be a lot of weight to be carrying around. I I don't know. It's you know it's definitely one of those things that I'd like to. Not that I'm at all interested in it. I'm, I'm actually not surprisingly, but I'm interested in in like I said the geek tech perspective but i'm actually i have my pixel 3 now and it's hands down the the happiest i've been with a phone in a long time it's so so clean so fast uh real happy with my pixel 3 i think the bluetooth is a little little shaky on it that's the only problem if i if i had to complain about anything it seems like certain like devices that are dependent on bluetooth like for headphones and stuff it works flawlessly i don't have any issues at all but we have like these uh tags that we do to uh like track things and then even our uh door to get into the office (laughs) has this uh bluetooth interface the worst idea ever bluetoothing a door <laughs> figure it well what are you supposed to do have a key how, how is he okay well this has, this is a thumbprint reader and, and you have to configure it and I, I i i thought it would be nicer if it was nfc which i it was the opening i was giving you but you didn't go that direction but it's, it's a bluetooth and again it's just you know devices like that the the phone seems to wig out a little bit and it just seems to be specific to mine my wife's phone doesn't seem to have the issue john actually has the same phone he doesn't seem to have the challenges i have so i don't know it might just be i got a bad antenna on mine or something Hmm. well get just get ready for it to get worse because 5g antennas use microwave signals and they're they're gonna map my house we we all we all know what microwaves do, don't we? That's Thomas? right. It's the most effective house <laughs> mapping system outside of a Roomba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll see that in Eric's video too. I did. I did or, see or, the Roomba or... sitting <laughs> sitting peacefully in shame, having known what Eric did to it. <laughs> we can find another home for her. She's 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 in the weirdest spot, but. I think it, it's actually functioning now. It, it seems to find its base at night every night. Like for the first month, or has it was always kind of entertaining. Or it hasn't been running. One of the two. <laughs> or it hasn't been running. But for like the first month, it was always entertaining to get to the office and find out where she was at. <laughs> like she was, <laughs> she was always somewhere in the office and crying in a corner. Know. Well, normally her and the broom were fighting. It was, she, <laughs> you know, she knocked over the broom and. It, it was a mess, but yeah. All right. Uh, well, what else we I, got going on, man? I'm actually interested in. I just happen to be looking at stuff Thomas posted up here, and he has GitHub ads draft pull requests. That sounds fascinating. 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 No, it's not. It created a lot of discussion <laughs> in the IRC channel. Um, yeah. A lot of people just sort of said, "Why." I think it's good. I mean, because we we all always used uh, you can add the labels to pull requests, 
And one of the labels we always, we had a couple labels we would add. One was do not merge and one was whip, work in progress. So what that would typically mean is you'd create a, you'd create a pull request that, that was whip and you throw do not merge on there. And it's telling the other developers, hey, you know, can I get some eyes on this pull request? But also telling the repo managers, don't don't merge this into any branches. It's not done. I'm still working on it. And this draft mode, it kind of elim not only eliminates the, the need for those labels, but also makes it so that the repo can accidentally be merged because the, the merge button is, is dis disabled. So it's in draft mode. It's out there. Other people on the team can now look at the pull request, start giving feedback, start having the conversation around it. But you know, there's no, you don't run any risk of uh, accidentally merging, which is, which is one of the, like, one of the things I always do because, well, I don't always accidentally merge, but, um, you know, when you add the labels, well, when the, when the PR is ready to be pull, pulled in, the team will go in there and remove the do not merge and whip labels and then ping me in Slack and say, okay, this is ready to be merged. I'll, I would log in. I do a, you know, one more check real fast, and then I would merge it. And then for a brief second, I see the whip and do not merge in the conversation thread. I'm like, oh, crap, I just merged a whip. <laughs> and it, it's them actually removing the label, but, you know, because it, it tells you that, oh, you know, he removed the label whip. I'm like, oh, okay, good. He, he was removing it. Well, I, I really like I, it. I, yeah, this... Something I'm – sorry, Thomas. I'd be interested in how some other products that use your pull requests for timing are going to treat this. Because there, there are products out there that help you know how long it takes a PR from time it's open to the time it's closed or merged. And to try and keep you focused and not leave stale PRs around. So I'm hoping it would take that into account and not start its timer until it becomes an actual pull request. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I like yeah, it for I stuff like the the Hacktoberfest, where you can sort of go in and claim a, a, an item that you're working on and start working on it possibly with other people, you know, because your PR is tied back to your fork. So if somebody else had a contribution to make, they could push a PR to your fork, and then you could push the PR back to the work in progress. Oh, that's interesting. On, on an open source project, you say, hey, I'm, I'm going to be tackling this, so almost like claiming that space. So right, two people aren't working you, on the same thing at, at the same time. If you look at big bug lists that have you know, request for feature, request for feature, there's no way to claim the work that could take you a week. And so you spend the time doing it, and it hasn't been claimed. And then, right when you're about to push your pull request, it gets somebody else's gets merged in and approved. And it's like, there's your week gone. All right. Well, there's still no so, no claiming it. It doesn't necessarily stop that, but hope hopefully people would see that. Yeah, I mean, you could you could make it part of your uh, development pri. Uh, what is it? Contribution guideline to check for existing draft PRs. Right. That would be interesting if 
if a maintainer put that into their contributions markdown, I open a draft pull request to say, hey, I'm working on this. You open one because you actually finished it. Would the maintainer necessarily care? Or would they say, well, John started that work first. Coordinate with him. You know? This yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be politics on individual pro uh, projects, I'm sure. Oh, and politics is is rough on open source. You know, I, I told you guys a while ago I was following PHP internals. Mm. And it looks like the whole JIT thing, the whole JIT internal thing might be off the table. Really? It's now not for political reasons, but because there's speculation that maintaining a whole JIT compiler for a very small or marginal improvement in performance just isn't going to be worth it for development going forward. Well, that that was going to be my question. Is in uh, typically I follow internals, but I, I I guess I've missed this conversation. The JIT compiler was a cool idea back in the early five to five six days where you know we were struggling with performance well even even i guess before five six when we were really struggling with performance but i mean after seven with the improvements in performance and even further improvements coming down the road the jit compiler to me doesn't seem like it has as much value as it might have had it would is there any other purpose any anything else that it could actually do that that gives it some value? It's hard to say. Um, when you look at purely mathematical executions, you can get performances, you know, 13 to 15% increased, but that's still nothing on uh, stuff like Lua, JIT, or even, uh, you know, C and C++. And there's a lot of concern that that 13% in performance on on edge cases isn't worth it. Right. And that's my yeah, that's kind of where I'm thinking. It's like it's just not as appealing as it was you know 4 or 5 years ago when when it was first brought up, but it's just I don't know. I I don't care about it. Like if it if it didn't make it in the next uh, in eight or wherever wherever they're targeting it for now, I'm not going to miss it. I, I don't think I'm going to miss it. I mean, unless somebody else can can point out a case where it says, "Oh yeah, this is why you'd want it." And like you said, it would have to be something that's not an edge case, but something that that's mainstream. I don't know. I can't think of a reason why I care about this anymore. But I think yeah. that goes back to any work that's done on internals. If you're not working on it you don't know the benefit until it's actually in there but that's that's the point there is no that that's what they're discussing is that there is no real benefit right but what i'm saying to you is you're saying i, I wouldn't miss it the big change that made it into seven oh to make it so much faster when they were talking about it in five six you might have said the same thing like ah, if it's not there i'm not gonna miss it of course because you don't know <laughs> you're not actually working on it no just say, no, when, just say when, when they talk when they talked about 
when they talked about a significant performance increase, which was one of the discussion points around the JIT compiler at the time, I was excited. Mm-hmm. Again, back in the discussion with the JIT compiler, I'm like, wow, if that really kicks up the performance of a PHP application, this is the, this is a good thing. I want this. Same thing with, with the move to 7.0. It's like, yeah, I want that. I want that performance increase. But now that I've gotten that performance increase, the the performance increase with the JIT compiler has substantially shrunk and for for what it's offering the the what Thomas said I think 13% increase now that's that's I a purely that's in the purely theoretical space too that's doing fractal re- you know rendering um, the estimate as far as practical applications is 1.3 to 1.5 times faster and it's a whole new code base that needs to be maintained. Um, and and we just saw with seven three, like your issues with Artisan, the opcache stuff broke a lot of things in Laravel, or or a substantial thing in Laravel. And it's, I mean, I I want to see this done because I want to see PHP branch away from the. Uh, web world, the web exclusive world, where it's used for... You want to see the JIT compiler done? Yeah, I I, I want to see the JIT compiler done because I don't have to do the work. If someone else is doing the work, I'm fine (laughs) with it being added in, but the goal, it seems to be taking PHP away from personal homepage and you know, web requests and moving it into the area where Node currently resides and Really, if Node is already there, why try to invade the space? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can track the whole conversation at externals.io. It's all there for everyone to take a look at. And uh, as of this recording, the RFC is still open. Oh, interesting. You know, I, I was a little uh, discouraged as well. Now that we're talking about it, not not to not to stir up uh, any controversy or anything like that. We don't do that here. One of the <laughs> one of the topics I saw with the externals um, was how last year there was this big uh, community effort to do bug squashing um, in PHP internals, and I guess it came to light in the internals thread that. Yeah, that code never got merged in. We're sorry. <laughs> we got busy. <laughs> Things started to happen. Sure. Uh, we appreciate everybody's effort on it, but yeah, we didn't merge any of the code. So, so all that work from PHP Test Fest last year is that? Yeah, yeah. I believe that was the name of the ticket, which was "What about the PHP Test Fest code?" Yeah, uh, I'm gonna scroll through real fast on here and see if I can find it, but. But yeah, in, if in only there was a like, search no, box. Get... Oh wait, uh, there is. Was it... Shut up, test. Uh, here, uh, test suite, uh, test fest 2019. That's ten years ago. Are you sure that was the title, Thomas? No, I'm not sure about anything I say. You know that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the title of it was, but 
I'm seeing it here. Uh, it's right. Yeah. 2016 test fest. Did the test written then ever get merged? There we go. Right there. 13 days ago. Good eye there, John Congdon. That's what I'm here yeah. for. And, and they, they, they even, they even st st stepped up. They're like, hey, you know, it's on us. We're the reason they didn't get merged. Uh, there was, there was no, you know, there was no other reason. Um, we'll work with you to get get your code merged, and that's probably what this this thread was about. But, but yeah, it was a little it was a little disheartening to hear that. It was like, oh yeah, yeah that. Um, sorry, no, <laughs> no, they didn't. And the longer we wait, the more merge conflicts will happen. So. And that's exactly what they said. Yeah, I know. I'm reading like it right it, there on your screen. It took a while to. It took a while to implement, and it it fell further and further out of sync with the with the repo. And yeah, we we talked about it a little bit on uh, the PHP podcast, but I've been working so hard to get the main code base I work on from five six to seven two of when I started. Now it's seven three. The first production machines are supposed to be going to seven three next week so super excited about that and then hopefully within a couple of weeks once that's a big step man, for you well once management is uh comfortable that everything's working even though it's already gone through a bunch of tests went through qa once they're comfortable then it, now is is this the same legacy code that you started off with on four uh so yes and no it's not the same code base mm -hmm. uh well, obviously, it's it's been shorter. Than well, this. no. When I first started on it, there was two code bases: a PHP four that had been around already for a decade, and a mm -hmm. somewhat more modern PHP five code base. Uh, uh -huh. I got the PHP four up to PHP five, and then at some other point, we migrated all the data out of that code base into the newer code base. Oh, okay. So that everything was in one, and now it's upgrading that one from five, six to seven. This seven, is this three. is bowlingball.com. No. <laughs> no. Was that ten years ago? Don't or name 20, names. Twenty years ago. Don't name names. That was twenty years ago. Jeez. Not really twenty. Yeah. I, I had a close. fun conversation with a client this week. You always do. We, we had a. What? You always have fun conversations with clients. Yeah, he's he's the fun one. You're the serious one. Yeah, we had a we had a, a situation where we had released some code that we, you know we were clear. We're like they're like, hey, you know, we need something that does this, and you know we're like, okay, well, you know, we can hack something together. They're like, just you know, let's just put something together. Let's just see if it let's see if this idea works. Let's see if this this concept works. So. We're li we're literally just kind of you know just agilely agile creation of this uh, this service, and we're like okay let's you know let's just throw this here and throw this here and and you know we're kind of walking through it and like is this working and you know everybody's working. It's just supposed to be a proof and of so concept, like, okay. right? Right, proof of concept. They're like okay, we need to add some customers and like okay, well. Well, wait a second. This is all just proof of concept code. No, no, no. We understand it's proof of concept. We're just gonna. We just want other people to take a look at it, because you know we want to make sure that we're we're thinking about everything and we're you know everything that people are wanting. We're we're taking consideration. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're can, like beta testers, can, right? Right, like beta testers. 
And then this week, they're like, we need to add some more beta testers. And I was kind of like, um, that's a lot of beta testers you have on here. What, you know, what is the plan here? Like, yeah, no, this is pretty much a product now. It's like, no, wait, it's not a product. This is all proof of concept. We don't even have it running on production servers. I have it running on, you know, a, a proof of concept server where I have like 40 other code bases. This is not a product. Don't say it's a product. No, no, it's a product. We're, no, we're, no, it's not we're, a product. We're selling Look, it. Google, <laughs> Google Wave was in beta for years. So is... But this wasn't, this wasn't even technically beta. This was all just you know poc code like the code itself was just making sure we could talk to these services and 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 move things around the way we want to move things around and uh yeah it it, it went from poc to no this is a beta release no this is production (laughs) yeah that's what the p stands for for poc is production on your computer of code production of code That was I had a fun. Re- so, I had a fun request this week from uh, from my team. Is we have a, a comment system that I'd mentioned in the past, and uh, mm-hmm. I got a spec for a new a new page, a new design. And when I asked for some clarification, they said they just wanted it to be like Reddit's system. Okay. Which it's a Reddit is a. The, the world's most popular commenting website with 10 years of development under the hood on how to manage comments. And they just said, like that. <laughs> I, I had to explain that as the only back-end developer working on this, I probably wasn't going to be able to meet their expectations. Yeah. Oh, come on. Hey, There's nothing know, there. Fun fact... Just, just out of curiosity, I, I think I have this right. I might be wrong. Um, what, what is the name of the group that runs tech? All for one. Fun for all. All or? for one events. All for one events. All for one events is actually headed up by somebody by the name of Eli White, who's uh, part of was part of the PHP Architect team, and he he spun off all for one events to run conferences. If I'm not mistaken, and you guys, I'm hoping you guys would know, isn't Eli White the person who uh, developed the original Dig? Did, did, he, did the actual coding of the original version of Dig? Yes, he he did work at Dig. I'm so glad you know that. <laughs> I was, I, I am too, because I actually thought you you would have all the background on that one, Thomas. No, no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that that's you know his big claim to fame is uh, Kevin Rose, the, the creator of Dig, uh, found Eli. I believe he found Eli on Craigslist when Craigslist was you know you could actually find <laughs> good talent on Craigslist. He found Eli on Craigslist and Eli coded the original, I, I think one of the original versions of of Dig dot com, with the whole upvoting system and and all that in, in place. So that's a that's a little fun fact. If you go to tech, you can you can thank Eli for that. Dig Dig was the shit back in the day, man. I tell you. Yeah, boy, they pivoted hard into trash, though. Yeah, yeah, that was a pretty rough rough thing to watch. Well, it's probably yeah. weren't they bought, and it's probably after that. It seems like anytime something yeah. gets acquired, it was when Reddit. Finished. It was so. when Reddit won. Basically, Reddit 
defeated Dig in the information immediacy war, and they, the people who bought them decided we're going to pivot towards being a condensed news source for aggregate mm. aggregate news, and yeah. it was downhill from there. Yeah. That, that whole story is funny because it was like the whole reason Dig came about is because Kevin Rose was a big Slashdot fan. And he made some suggestions. He's like, hey, you know, wouldn't it be cool if people could, you know, vote on the stories in Slashdot and you could see them trending up and down? And and uh, I guess it, it, my understanding of it is you know, he was talking to the the creator of Slashdot about this and he wasn't interested in the idea. And so Kevin was like, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to create a, a site kind of like Slashdot, but it's going to be all driven by social by social uh, interaction. You know, it's going to be crowdsourced. Yeah, and Slashdot is uh, pretty dead too now. Hmm. Yeah, and then and then some somehow Reddit, you know, saw a little niche that they thought Dig wasn't covering correctly, and they kind of did the same thing. And yeah, it's now it's all Reddit. Yeah, I'm still surprised when I meet people who don't know what Reddit is, but I still don't use it. I, I I know what it is, and I still don't go there ever. I, I have to I, it's one of the sites I have to actively limit myself on because yeah. you get lost on Reddit. Yeah, it's real easy to get just permanently stuck on that. How? It's I don't know. I I just never got it. It scrolls infinitely, yeah. man. It's it's a lot like Twitter, John, where you have to curate your list. Like you have to figure out the subreddit groups that you're interested in. And once you get that list curated, it it becomes addictive. Like right now, one of you know one of my list or a couple of my list are you know baseball and the individual baseball teams I follow. And right now, there's some big trades going on with some high you know free agency, high price free agents. So Thomas, which the I was... Padres got one, and and now the Padres got one of these high end free agents and. They're on the verge of maybe getting the second one. I who saw I'm a that. big fan of. People are upset. And, uh, and I can't get off Reddit long enough to. I, I just I gotta shut it down because there's way too much conversation going on. I'm gonna buy season tickets this year. I'm pretty sure. John John won't let me buy a uh, suite next to uh, your Rocket League front people. Psionic. Uh, yeah. Oh, that that was a funny thing. So of course you know I'm a big baseball fan big rocket league fan and i'm like i gotta buy i gotta buy i gotta buy season tickets i gotta buy season tickets i'm like so i i go on and i'm i'm looking and and uh you know I'm, I'm like putting in all my requirements and seeing what i can what price range i have and the best seats i could find you know in that price range no lie every goddamn time no matter how i did my filter it kept putting me right in front of the rocket league suite like yeah. three three roads in front of the Rocket League suite. I'm like, no, I can't let this guy see me there. He can't see me there. <laughs> you realize you could probably go to most of those games if we talk to him. Like, hey, if there's an extra ticket, let me know. I'll, I'd like to go. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to do uh, season tickets. See, at season 10, Rocket League just started. Very excited. I was talking about something a lot of people would be interested in. Why, why did you bring that up? Although I did, tell, to, I did to tell John I, I needed a, uh, I wanted to buy a PlayStation. 
because I wanted to, I, I wanted to try to get on board with that Apex. I see everybody playing now. That oof, was fun. Oof. I didn't do it. I didn't buy it, and now now I'm not interested anymore. So I don't. He, he's know. gone when from. You, when you do, he, I can give some training sessions in Rocket League. He, he's gone. I don't know. He's gone from. We need to get no. Nintendo Switches to. I need a PlayStation or an Xbox. He's all over the place, yeah. and it's like, well, you've got a big arcade game out there. Go play that. And that's what it boils down to. I have I have my arcade game, so I go out there and, and I, I play that. So I'm happy. Okay. You're funny. <laughs> well, you guys ready for some, uh, some not-so-doom and gloom to wrap up today's episode? Shh. I, I like the way you led into that, Thomas. You you acknowledge the fact that we're wrapping things up. I have to sell you it. Wanna, you want to finish it up? If I want to do that's my doom good, and gloom, I have job, to sell it man. to you guys. That's, that's, oh, is it actual doom and gloom? Okay, let me put it's, doom and gloom up. It's in reference to some doom and gloom. We talked about ethics a lot in the last couple episodes, and uh, the Fight for the Future Foundation has started their Speak Out program, speakout.tech. Um, which basically calls upon people to be whistleblowers for their industry if they see something wrong. If you see something that is against the values that the company has already established or harmful to people in some way, um, something that affects not necessarily your personal morals, but the morals that have been set forth by the company already, uh, that you have subscribed to, then it gives you information on how to speak out anonymously, uh, how your anonymous whistleblowing can affect you and how to protect yourself, uh, and to know that you're not alone, that there are people who protect whistleblowers and want your information to keep ethics in the forefront of technological development in America. Uh, it's a nice little website that just says, hey, here's how you do it, here's what you do, uh, and here's how to get a sticker and put it on your car, uh, which I will definitely be doing. So do you think do you think their intentions are genuine, or do you think they just want to be on the cutting edge of the next big story? Their intentions are absolutely genuine, because they're not linking to themselves they're not giving themselves i mean this is the ffr the frf and no, that's what, what is that ff fight for the future foundation okay i mean i have never heard of them they are a ethics in computing group that has been around for a long time uh worked with richard stallman and people like that and they, they're not asking you to report to them. They're asking you to report to uh, acknowledged whistleblower-friendly organizations like the New York Times, Associated Press, The Intercept, The Guardian, Coworker.org. And their interest is that stuff like, you know, automated weapons systems don't get developed. Uh, that if a company says they're not going to produce facial recognition for the government that they don't. Um, mm. And Google and Amazon are both facing a lot of backlash over that kind of thing right now, and this is designed for good. Um, and and I, the most important thing to me is that they're not asking you if 
what you're doing is morally wrong to you. They're asking if what you're doing is morally wrong given the company's own stated values. It's very easy to be in a job where you're doing something that's morally wrong by your own standards, but most corporations have value statements and mission statements, and they're interested in when a company makes a statement of value but doesn't keep up to it, doesn't uphold it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very, that's a very genuine way of approaching the issue, is that yes, you can mess with your own morals all you want, but you should hold your company accountable when they say these are our morals and that's not what they actually do. Um, even if you're morally okay with it. If you're morally okay with facial recognition for the government, but Amazon says they're not doing it and they are, then you're in the position where you should report it, even if you're morally okay with it because the company is misrepresenting itself to the public on a moral position. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So their, their big concerns are, is your company living up to its values? Uh, when you raise concerns about the things you're building, are they addressed? Does the product have features that could put people in harm's way? If anything unintended happened with a feature or if it data were leaked, who could get hurt? And is building this mm-hmm. tech the right thing to do, or are we just doing it because other companies are doing it? Right. So it's, it's important stuff. Ooh. And it's uh, directly related awesome. to what we've talked about in the past. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about uh, morality and tech, so that, that's a good find, Thomas. Yeah, and it, it would make think... it seem like I am having some sort of moral crisis. I want to assure everybody I am not. <laughs> Your morals are way too low for that. No, my morals do not clock on the meter. I'm disappointed you didn't give me a good excuse to use my rolling eyes this this week. You know, I, I do all this work you don't need, at, you don't need at an excuse. those gifts, and... And you actually did a bunch of good stories. You, you could have done it with the microwave, remember. the microwave wavelength for five uh, G. You missed an opportunity. I could have. That's true. I was queuing it up for the for the talk of the tech shoes, but we never got to talk talking about tech shoes. So no, I will save that. That will be in the doom and gloom newsletter. Bricking your shoes. Yes. And if you want to see that doom and gloom newsletter. You need to become a Patreon. Join us at patreon.com slash phpugly. Why are you laughing? It's easy. I don't know. He gets uncomfortable when the segues are too good and he has to ruin them. That was was just such a a good segue. Yeah, and you laughed over your own segue. You laughed over it. I want a segue. That's funny. I, I like whoring myself out. we all do we all like when you whore yourself out (laughs) yes and as always thanks to our patrons we appreciate you Uh, we talked to the office assistant this week she's supposed to be coming into the office gathering up everybody's uh, everybody's rewards and getting them in the mail oh and if by chance you're interested uh we have a P.O. box now, so if you want to send us a postcard, especially you uh, individuals who are around the world, we'd love to get postcards from you, from people who are listening to us. Uh, you can now send it to us. It's uh, 
I'll uh, create a slide for this for next week. But you can send it to us at uh, P.O. Box 74, Poway, California, 92074. Which is cool. And seven four. Once again, PO, please. PO box seven four. Please don't send us poop. It's, it, wait. Don't send us. Are you sure that's the right zip code? Nice. So I just I learned I, I learned that the zip code for PO boxes is different than the zip code to the city. Oh. So the zip code to the city is nine two zero six four, but the zip code to PO boxes is nine two zero seven four. And our P.O. box just happens to be P.O. box 74. Oh, interesting. How, how cool is that? Makes it easy to remember. So yeah, P.O. box 74 Poway, P.O.W.A.Y. California 92074. I, I, I hope somebody actually sends us a postcard because I want to see if that, actually, that address actually works. That would be cool. Because <laughs> it's such a short number. Normally people have a P.O. box. It's like P.O. box... <laughs> 3604. It's not that. It's just 74. That's how small the, our town is. Just, yeah, you're P.O. Box 74. You're like the 74th person to have a P.O. Box in Poway. Congratulations. Yeah, and if you if you have like uh, uh, stickers or uh, anything for your own meetup group or just something you want to throw our way, uh, I'd love for Eric I'll, I'll to even, get that. I'll even, I'll even open it on air as long as it doesn't smell like poop. If it smells like poop, I'm not opening it. No, that's how office manager gets to open that one. <laughs> All right, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, this has been episode 141 did, of PHP. Do you have to use your fingers in order to remember the number? One, four, one. Yeah. Of PHP. Hey, we need to talk many. about racquetball. How did we not talk about racquetball? How didn't we? How did we not talk about racquetball? Well, it hasn't killed you yet. It's come right? close. Which actually almost happened today. You've got to find those defibs. Find <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. John, John had me a little nervous. If you're watching, he went running out the office. If you're watching live, or if you're a Patreon, we, we trust you. We trust that you're a Patreon if you're watching live. So we'll talk about racquetball once the show's over. Uh, there you go. Good, it's an good honor, honor system. We'll do that. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll actually convince John to let me take my 360 camera into one of our matches, and and I'll film one of them. But, that could only but, be like, embarrassing be for, for you. This, yeah, it, we'll talk about it after the show. It's, it's been <laughs> it's been a rough couple of weeks. Uh, my athletic pride has been damaged many times over. But this is it for episode 141. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Congdon. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep, Keep it, it up. Keep it up. <laughs> a four. You gave it a four count, Eric. A four count. Four. Three, two, one. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time... 
keep it ugly.